Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Success Great Podcast with me, Hussain Talib. This is episode number 44, Social Selling, Branding and the Customer Experience with Ian Moyes. Hope you enjoy this one. Welcome to Success Grid, the place for sharing entrepreneurial stories, knowledge, and wisdom to educate and inspire you to always strive to raise your standards in your business and your life. With your host, Hussein Talib. Welcome to a new episode of the Success Grid Podcast. Here with me today, Ian Moyes. He led seven small firms and grew far far to exit. He led sales teams and his current role is Chief Revenue Officer, leaving marketing and sales. Ian, welcome to the grid. Hey, thank you so much for inviting me. Awesome. Awesome to have you here. So first, let me ask you, what changed your story along the years? You went, uh, well, you came into IT first, then you went to sales and marketing, and now you, we are talking about... Uh, Business revenues, chief revenue officers. What happened? Sure. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's about adapting and through your career. You're right. I started as a uh, programmer and moved into sales purely at the time, many, many years ago, purely because I thought, uh, well, I was, I was aspirational. And in those days, uh, salespeople had mobile phones. That wasn't a common thing. That was a luxury. And it was the size of a suitcase. Uh, exactly. <laughs> car, company car, all the other things, and I, my, my uh, opinion at that point was, I know what I'm talking about. I love tech. I, I understand this stuff. How hard can it be to sell it? But I know what I'm talking about. I know I, the hard bit's got to be understanding it. Um, and uh, you know, so I moved. I, I took the moved into sales and started again, so to speak. Right, I've got this knowledge. But I didn't have any selling skills. Didn't know what was involved, and started in inside sales worked hard, was promoted to field sales, and over the years then started managing people through to uh, the uh, position that I'm lucky to be in today where I have a leadership position and I work with a great many, again, young young salespeople now who I continue to learn from because they're going through their journey like I did mm. and they're finding their way, they're finding new ideas and how to do things. So whilst I've got a lot of experience, I think it's also important that, you know, you don't know everything. You need to constantly evolve, learn, adapt. And I think we've all learned that in the last 12 to 18 months of COVID, that you yeah. can't take it for granted, right? We're all now mm. adapting to working remotely, to using video more than we've ever done before, to talking exactly. to customers in their home. Yeah, exactly. Uh, technology is evolving fast, faster than we can probably keep <coughs> keep up. Yeah, exactly. So, in gen- now, uh, are you involved in social selling uh, in any way? Because yeah, you, you yeah. are, you are like now the chief, the chief revenue officer. So your job title is about like revenue or uh, seeing revenues of the of the company. So is social selling another tool for that? Yeah, absolutely critically, and and a couple of things around social selling, I guess is. It's a term that many people are hearing. The first thing I'd say, I think the name can be misleading mm-hmm. because you know, what I think I get why it's called that. It's a nice buzzword. It sounds good. But in reality, social selling is using social media in a sales environment to uh, invoke 
conversation and engagement with a prospective customer that ends up in a real world conversation. Mm. But it doesn't, doesn't, it's not as snappy as social selling, right? So because often I get people talk to me and I've trained people on social selling and spoken on it. And I get people say, oh, well, it, it's not right for us. Well, why not? Well, because we can't sell our product over the internet. It doesn't work that way. Social selling is about engaging with other human beings, not about selling your product over the internet. And that's a big mistake and misassumption that a lot of people make. And the reason I got involved in it was by accident. Mm -hmm. It wasn't by, I didn't go out going, oh, there's this thing called social selling. Um, That term wasn't around at that point. What I realized, what I realized was the buyer dynamic was changing. Yeah, exactly. Over the years, especially with social media, uh, customers yeah, uh, customers have a lot of options and uh, they can search and a lot of things. Yes. Yeah, we, we, you know, I remember the day when you'd go to see a prospective customer and they'd have a little bit of not, you might have spoken to them on the phone, they'd go, yeah, come and talk to me. And you'd talk to them about your business, your company, yourself. And it was a whole learning exercise. Today, they know so much about so many things because of the internet gives you um, anywhere, anytime, access to a volume of information uh, and of opinion of reviews of data points of insights that you need to figure out well what you know they they t- customers tend to talk to you later than they would previously in the sales cycle because they'll do their own research so what i realized is buyers were changing we were changing i'm 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 different as a customer so you're saying in terms yeah, exactly. of yeah. we, we we behave differently mm. so I was looking for all the way along. It wasn't a sudden epiphany moment. It was adjusting my sales process and that of my teams to what do we do differently? How do we need to behave differently to remain relevant in this new buyer dynamic? How do we re- how do we still get conversations with prospective customers? And social selling does not replace the traditional sales process. It complements and, 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 and it's another tool in your kit bag. If you can pick up the phone and speak to a prospective customer, do it. Because social selling is not quick. It is not a quick gratification of send them a LinkedIn connection, send them a message, and next thing is you've got a phone call. Sometimes it works that way. Yeah, you see a lot of this. You see a lot of this. Some people sending messages to your Facebook or LinkedIn, or do you want to buy this? Here's the link, go buy. Uh, It doesn't work like that. Yeah, and they send, and and, and typically it's a sales pitch, right? It's not I want to invoke a conversation. Can we have a conversation about what we're finding and, and providing some insight? I'm talking to many, many leaders like yourself in this area, and, and, and here's, a, here's some data that I'm finding, and I wanted to have a chat with you about. So it's not insightful conversation. What it is typically is a sales pitch that you would have previously sent on email, now being sent on a social platform. <laughs> but that's not going to, you know, the, moving in platform is not going to work. So social selling for me is a methodology mm-hmm. and it is a very subtle methodology with lots of nuances in it and very few people are getting it right. But when you do get it right, it will get you conversations. It will get you engagement with prospective customers. But the big thing to understand is it can take time. Yeah, exactly. don't, don't say to your salespeople, how many emails <laughs> have you sent today? Well, how many meetings has it created this week? Yeah, because so, that doesn't work. Yeah. So if we can define social selling in one sentence, it's like the interaction between the buyer and the seller in a conversational way, 
that could be uh, it, for example. I, I, would, I would describe it as using social media as a method to get engagement with a prospective customer. Mm -hmm. Cool. Awesome. So, <clears throat> like you mentioned, some companies are still not engaged in social. The, do you think that some these companies are still behind? Uh, they are not growing. They are not increasing their revenues because of that. Well, yeah. So all the stats that and people can go and search this, but all the different stats that come out in the market for all different reports all show that organisations that have correctly adopted social selling as part of their sales process um, are continually more successful. Because it, and it's pretty fundamental, right? If you're still selling like you did 10 years ago and the customer's not behaving that way, you're going to have less success than you did then. So, uh, and I think a big challenge for many firms is this whole allowing people to engage using social media platforms typically falls under where? It falls under marketing, mm. right? And I call it the marketing police, quite bluntly. Often, <laughs> it's the corporate marketing police who will say, you can't go on social, you can't do this. Anything you post on social, you have to put a disclaimer, this does not represent my company, boom, 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 boom. Mm. There is so much policing of it, it's restrictive that stops the salesperson being able to use it as an effective platform. Mm. And, 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 and more so, not just restrictive, they're not encouraging the, these behaviors and skills. They're mm. not training people. You need to train your salespeople on what, where does social media and social selling fall into the process train them how to do it train them well mm. and teach them about personal branding yeah. teach them about the importance of their personal brand as an individual in that complements the business and their sales process yeah exactly so <clears throat> you mentioned that uh, personal branding now personal branding and social for example uh, does it mean like the person that owns the business be there, sharing his message, sharing sharing his uh, course, sharing his videos, sharing his audios? This is what you mean also in 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 ad type of things because I don't know generally now nowadays I see social in general like what they call the organic reach is like not so much. So so these companies now wants people to do ads, not uh, not just put a, a post there and that's it you can, a lot of people can see it not like 10 years ago or five years ago yeah so a, a, a number of areas you, you you invoke me to speak about there so firstly everyone has a personal brand right people begin oh yeah well that's for celebrities or you know well I'm, no it's not you have a personal brand and it's not just on social media your personal brand is how others perceive you that is your personal brand, right? So if, if for example, they they look at Dave and say, Dave, um, oh, Dave's, Dave's really well known. For, Dave's an expert in, in, in car mechanics and stuff. That's what he's known for, right? That's that's his personal brand. He's a fantastic mechanic or Sue is a fantastic artist or Alison is a fantastic one. That your personal, what, what is it if others would say about you? What do they believe? If they had to describe you, how would they describe you? And that's your personal brand. Mm. Now, when you take move on to social, that personal brand can go global very effectively and very cheaply with little effort. That's mm -hmm. the difference that socials made. Like previously, it would have been people who dealt with you physically in the real world and knew you. A short, few number of people would know your personal brand. 
do you, do you know do you know peter yeah yeah or what was peter and they tell them now you can represent your personal brand publicly in a global way and if you have a social profile you're already doing it mm. right and if how if someone finds you on social if someone goes and googles you whatever they find about you that they look at is their is going to be their perception of you and your brand as a human being mm. right so if they find six articles about you talking expertise around architectural engineering, they'll probably figure out this 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 lady knows what she's talking about. Oh, look at this stuff. Oh, this is really this person sounds like an authority in that. They've made that decision based on whatever they found. And if you don't control and manage your personal brand and critically in an authentic way, this isn't about faking it. Mm-hmm. This is about just representing yourself in the way that if anyone finds anything, searches for me, what are they going to find? And is it representative of me in, a, in, in the best best way and, and what I'd like them to see? Mm-hmm. Um, so the first thing I say to people is go and Google yourself. In someone else's, in an incognito browser or someone else's PC, so it's it's neutral as, as to how the world would see you, Google your name and just see, do you even appear? under your name at all and how many pages down and, and if so what appears um, look at your social profiles from an anonymous perspective not from your pc because you've got logins and cookies yeah. etc go and see what others can see and if if you look at it from an independent viewpoint and find that they can see all your facebook profile pictures of you out having fun and drinking that's that's your choice but did you realize that's what someone could find and see of you? And if that's all they've seen of you, what impression does that give? So think about it. if you're going for a job interview, as many are un- under COVID with furlough, mm. et cetera, mm. what might people find of you? And if it's, it, and, and you can argue, well, it's not fair, they shouldn't be looking. <laughs> but if it's publicly available on the internet, I'm afraid it's, they have every right to look at it. That's like saying I've put a website up. But I only want certain people to look at it, but every, it's accessible to everyone. Well, you can't. That's not the way it works. Right. Let's be real. Yeah. So you need to be aware of anything people can find on you will give them an impression, a first impression, a, a perception of what you're about and who you are. Do they trust you? Do they like you? Do they respect you? Do they how do they they'll, they'll make a feeling about you, whether it's correct or not? They will do it. Right. That's how humans, how we how we digest and work. Yeah, exactly. You need to think about what is your personal brand? What what do you what do you want to be known for? And how do you come across currently? And in today's post-COVID world, more people check other humans out online than ever before. So we're talking here. I'm sure Hussein, you can you you check my profile. I could check you out while we're talking and you wouldn't even know it, right? My hands could vanish below the screen yeah. and on a separate screen here, bring up your LinkedIn profile, and I could be reading things. And thinking, oh, okay, I'll ask him that. Oh, what about that? It's so easily done in this remote working world mm. that we all need to. I would suggest everyone should assume anyone you engage with in a business capacity is likely to check you out online. And therefore, if, if you're not happy with what their perception may be of you, go and do something about mm. it. Go and edit, mm. go and exactly. put a better picture up, etc. You know, it's, mm. it's in your control to be as professional as you can and can and own your personal brand yeah exactly exactly so speaking of social like there's a ton but maybe the only one that could be like a professional probably is linkedin right 
the others one could be unprofessional social media places i i would disagree and i'll tell you mm. why why because i often get asked by people well, which social platform in business which social platform should i be on and my answer to them is um where are your where are your customers where's your buyer persona so if you're selling b2c mm. right, your your customer is probably not on linkedin they might be in their job role but as a consumer, they're not. They 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 may engage with you more on Facebook, mm. or if your product is is more graphical, maybe it's Instagram. So I always say to them, there isn't a definitive. This is the best platform for you. It's where what what do you, what is your product or service? Where is your customer? So if you are if you are selling um, designer furniture, or you're selling often it's a gadget. If you're selling some type of gadget um, to consumers then Instagram may, may be the best place, right? Mm, exactly. If you're, if you're selling engineering specialist widgets or enterprise <laughs> technology software, mm. there's not much great. There's a picture of that doesn't really make sense. Yeah. Your to your point, your customers are probably business buyers who are on LinkedIn. You know, but I'd also suggest the typical two I see are for consumer, if I had to categorize, would probably be more likely Facebook and Instagram and for B2B, more likely dealing with a person, LinkedIn and Twitter. Mm, awesome. Business people are often on Twitter, and I would look at a prospective customer on LinkedIn, look at that person I want to engage with, but I will also then go and look to see if they're on Twitter. Because mm. what I'm looking to do is understand them as an individual. And if they're on Twitter, what do they share? What content do they share? Um, who do they follow? What type of content do they reshare? And if they're resharing articles about um uh, i don't know uh transforming um employment engagement in the workplace mm. if they're sharing that content of someone else they're probably interested in it and they're engaging with it because they've just shared it therefore it tells me something about them where they care about they're they're obviously someone in their business that cares about the employee's uh, well-being so that's something i've now learned about them and they're profile right now I, I might comment on that article i might have some insight that i can add where maybe they've shared something and i could add comments saying i really love this but i also found this other article that talked about another new idea here i'm now engaging with them authentically on a piece of content they've shared of someone else's and and guess what in doing so they may they will see that i've done that they may then come back and look at my profile who's ian who's this guy that's made this comment that's interesting it's so obvious they may click, in which case my personal brand, when they land on my profile, needs to look incredibly professional and relevant to who authentically who I am. And they may look at it and go, oh, oh, Ian talks at these events and he does advise they all. They guess what? They might choose then to follow my content. Straight away, mm. we start to get a little bit of engagement. Right? I've got someone that I'd love to have a conversation with who's just chosen to follow me because he's they he or she spotted me engaging with their content. Now, I don't suddenly reach out then and try and sell them something, right? You you start to build a little bit more engagement. Yeah. Often happens over a period of weeks or months, you end up having conversation online electronically that ends up with something along the lines <laughs> of, we, we, we seem to chat, we seem to follow a lot of content and the same people. And it might be worth having a chat sometime. Mm -hmm. And it becomes a natural thing to have a conversation and you have a conversation. It's not... Mm -hmm. Here's my cold LinkedIn sales pitch. Would you like to jump on a call where I can sell you something? Yeah. 
that that way that direct way is gone now with the consumer knows better than the buyer probably <laughs> so do you have your own story with social selling yeah i i've had many successes but i've had many not successes with it right? and that's the thing I, I think people gotta realize there is no do these things and it will guarantee success it, it the same as pick up the phone and call someone some people you get through to some you don't right so it's just another method within your kit bag of trying to engage with prospects but yeah i've had through using social selling i have uh, gone through uh, from nothing through to engagement and meetings with uh, cios of global multi-billion dollar companies mm. but it's been a slowly slowly thing right it's been uh, authentically liking that some of their content, not just liking everything, but liking something that was relevant, maybe commenting on it, maybe tagging them in. You know, there's nothing wrong. If I write a, a blog of a thought leadership piece on digital transformation on uh, for the remote worker, an area of, ex, you know, something I, I've got expertise in, and that individual uh, follows people and shares content and talks about that type of stuff, there's nothing wrong with me a, I could reach out to them and say, I've, ri- I've written this blog. What do you think? Would you, would, is there any comment you could give me to be in my blog? There's a great one. Right? Invite them to partake. They may give you a comment. You've now had a little bit of engagement. But at worst case, I can tag them into it. I can post it and tag them in with a number of other people like them. So I haven't targeted just them. Tag in them with a few people you know. And invariably, what will happen is some of them will start commenting, having seen the post. And they may comment as well. You've got engagement. And guess what? In doing so, mm. they've noticed you exist. They've noticed yeah. Ian exists. And, oh, I loved your article. What if they post? I love your article, Ian, but uh, have you considered such and such? You then They're now invoking a, a conversation with you on social. And they've spotted you. And they've mm. viewed your profile. So many times I've had people send me a connection invite through doing something like that. And that's someone that I would like to connect with but I haven't sent a connection invite. I've done something that they've sent it to me. They've invited mm. me to connect. Mm. What mm. better way to start to engage and, and, and lead to a conversation where you might end up doing some business together at some point? Good. Mm. Cool. So <clears throat> what are the characteristics of uh, today's buyer? What do you think they are? I think they're more informed than ever before. Yeah. They're more resist. They're more resistant typically to conversation because we all do it right. We all shield. I'm sure you do. We look at our mobile phone, a call coming in, and we'll glance yeah. at it and go, "I don't know who that is." It's so easy to let it go to voicemail and to shield your call. Um, and so you've got this shield around you of technology that says, "I will choose who to engage with and talk to when I see value in doing it." But if not, no one gets to me. Mm. Right. So therefore, the, the the buyer can feel they're informed that you can look things up on the Internet. You can figure stuff out yourself. Go, I'm not interested in talking to them. Mm. So it's harder than ever before for a to have a cold conversation with a prospective customer. If you allow it to be, if you stick to old traditional methods only, then you will get through to fewer people. And everyone I talk to in sales leadership positions reports the same. I want more leads. I'm trying. I need hunter salespeople. It's everyone's got the same problem yeah. across across industry, across size of company. It's about 
putting ourselves in the shoes of the buyer, and we're all that, we're all that buyer at different times. Exactly. Out, why would they want to talk to me? What's the value in them having a conversation with me? And it isn't about hearing a pure functional sales pitch of here's what my product does. What people want, I believe, is insight. Mm-hmm. You know, if I said to you, say, uh, you know, not, not worry about our product, but would it be interesting? Let's have a conversation about yeah. what, what other people in your type of business, other leaders like you, I have the pleasure of speaking to 30 other leaders in companies like yourselves, including competitors in the last month. And there are a number of interesting insights that I've gleaned. Um, and I'd welcome a short conversation to see if there's any value I can give to you and any value you can give to me. And it may end up that we find there's some common ground where we get mutual benefit. There may not, but what harm would a conversation do? Yeah, exactly. How many times, how many times have you had a conversation that has led to some benefit you didn't expect? Yeah, and unless yeah, we have yeah. a conversation, you're not going to find out. So would you be Definitely. open to that? But I'm, I haven't told you anything about product or, and I'm not trying to sell you something. And in that conversation, I don't suddenly flip into, and can I try and sell you this? Mm. Right? You, need, you, you need to talk to people to know, to know what they actually want, right? Everyone, everyone right now in every role has got some pain going on of some type or some sort. And everyone mm. is looking to do something, uh, gain something, be more successful, right? Everyone's got mm. challenges and opportunities. So unless, would you, let, why don't we have a conversation about your challenges and opportunities to see if there's any mutual uh, engagement that we might have that might benefit you or me. And let's have that. And senior, you know, I've had so many conversations with senior people where I've said, do you know what? It, it, I, I don't think I've got any value there, but I've had a conversation. They've said something. Mm. Oh, yeah, well, one of my problems is this. Mm. And that's nothing to do with what I do today. But I've managed to give them value because I've said, that's interesting because I know someone who's just done that and has looked at this and done that, would you like an introduction? So I've given them value that we would neither of us have known about and introduced them to someone that solved a problem for them that wasn't me. Now, maybe I'll talk to you in six months' time and or three months. How, how did you get, oh, my gosh, Ian, that, that was a fantastic introduction. <laughs> I've given you value, but it wasn't about selling my product or service. But we've now got some rapport. We may have another conversation. Yeah. This, this is what I'm looking to do, Hussain, and... It, Ian, let's let's talk again in nine months. It's not right now. Mm. I've got a I've got a dial. I now yeah. have an open dialogue with you, right? Exactly. So so maybe the customer, for example, anyone probably wants wants something but doesn't need it now. Maybe wants it later. Probably maybe. This is this is why you need to have a conversation, right? Yeah, everyone has got a pain and opportunity. Um, what I've got may not solve that pain or opportunity, but in having a short conversation with me, I may present other insights and value to you that isn't intrinsically my agenda today. But unless we'd had that conversation, I've had so many conversations with people where it's a short 15 minute conversation and it hasn't hasn't ended up right now with them becoming a prospective customer for me. But we've built some rapport and I've given them some value through it, either through um referring them to someone or giving them an idea or telling them something i've learned in the past or i've learned something from them and they've said look ian you should talk to you should talk to robert over at that company because they're at it but and and they've introduced me to someone else because if two human beings engage often there's a value or benefit they can bring each other mm. that isn't necessarily the, the the unique the direct one that you both want 
thought at the beginning, right? Too yeah. many salespeople talk to a customer on one on one plane, which is, yeah. can I sell you my thing and can I do it now? And if not, it's not there's no value in us speaking. Mm. Yes, there is. <laughs> of course, there is. Yeah, they, they, most of them are not good. So, what what's the biggest challenge you you see faced uh, facing people at this moment, or sales teams, or revenues facing companies, that type of thing, especially with COVID now? Yeah, I think the big the biggest challenge is um, driving the motivation to be productive and successful with all the challenges that have been around it. I think too many people are using COVID and the challenges as an excuse mm. as opposed to we've seen many businesses very smartly pivot right there's been many mm. businesses really challenged by covid and individuals who have pivoted exactly. and, gone, and gone what can i do about it well okay i can't do business as usual and it has had an impact look at restaurants right restaurants mm. who went actually we've still got cooking facility we've still got people like our food but we can't have them come to us. Right, let's flip and deliver. Let, let's let's offer a different thing. We, I had, you know, during this period, for example, ice, at one point, a weird example, ice cream vans for children couldn't go around and stop randomly. Mm. So what we had one that contacted everyone, posted it all on social, said, look, I own an ice cream van. I'll, I can only come if I'm pre-booked. But I can come and I'll do these massive special ice creams, humongous, you know, special ice creams. And they were booked left, right, and center. We couldn't, you know, we got a slot and all the kids around right here, all out the back. And each one was more expensive. But that individual had found a way to drive revenue within the rules and to continue doing business in a different way. He pivoted to how can I still do business or do I just give up and say, well, I'll just wait then. Yeah. It, it, you've got to adjust and be agile and be open to how do I do things differently? How do I engage with people differently? The world and business has got to go on. Mm. right? But yes, there's challenges. And yes, some of them are more difficult than others to overcome. But I think that's the biggest thing is, is resiliency and being willing to change and adapt and, and figure out how to do it. We're doing it right now, right? I'm used to going visiting customers and mm. shaking a hand and seeing them in their office and buying them a coffee and, and building. We're having to do it over video. So exactly. we're doing it over video. We're having you, to and get on with it. You have to adapt. You have to adapt. And now I think companies with COVID, because it's been like a year and a half, so the ones who adapted, uh, that's good for them. But the one who didn't, they should, if they are not still closed, they are not closed. They should uh, adapt and try to go 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 adapt around that. So yeah, and I think, and I think mm. the thing is, as we come out of COVID, mm. not just to fall back into we'll just go back to what we did before, mm. but to continue to think, what can we do differently? We just proved that we can adapt. We can find ways to do things. So continue to be creative. Continue to adjust and adapt. Don't just fall back into your old ways overnight for the sake of doing it, because it's yeah. very easy to do so. Yeah, exactly. So you, we spoke about personal branding. So what is the most important basic element that we should be done now for anyone in regards yeah. to personal branding? 
that easy one. And I, I suggested during COVID, I said many times to people and, and in discussions of this is, you know, you've got some time on your hands, you're sat at home um, and you've got the equipment, go and go and refresh, go and check yourself out, search yourself on, on, on search yourself and see what's found. And then on all your profiles, go through them and update them, polish mm. them, look at what other people have done. By all means, come and view my profile. Mine, I'm not saying mine's perfect, and I will always, I always look, I'm continually looking at what other people do. A profile will pop up and I'll see something and think, that's neat, and I will plagiarize it. But there's no popular ideas of, oh, I like the way they've done that and presented that, or I'm constantly, constantly looking to improve. For example, on LinkedIn, they have just um, launched the mm. fact that you can have a cover story, right? So mm -hmm. if you look at my LinkedIn profile, and, and either hover over the photo or watch, you'll see the photo turns into a video. Mm, cool. And, you, and if you click on it, you've got a 30-second video clip. What, it's free. So as soon as that appeared, I felt great. And I, well, I'm using that. I'm making the most use of the platform that I can. Free platform. Mm -hmm. Fill it in. Too often I see people who've not got a profile picture, not got a, a, a banner. They're not using mm -hmm. the banner that you can have across the top. Mm. Uh, they now won't be using the video. They haven't written a nice a summary content piece, which is personable about them. Go and read mine. It talks about, I, I got into computing at the age of 14 and mm. da, 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 da. It, it tells you something about me, mm. genuinely, authentically as a human being. Not, It's not an electronic CV. <laughs> you can make it very personable yeah, and, exactly. and put character into it. Yeah. Go and do it. Go and tune it up. It costs yeah. you nothing a little bit of your time in front of a keyboard. Yeah. So how can business owners deal with rejection? Or you as a company, how do you deal with rejection? Or salespeople, how they deal with rejection? That's a really interesting one. And I think a very pertinent one because a lot of people get that wrong. So I'll tell you my, my belief on this is you, you're going you're to have, if, if you're, if you're not getting rejected, you're not you're not being proactive enough. Exactly. You, yes. Yes. Your your product or service cannot be right for everyone at every instance at every time. It can. Oh. So you're going to have to have conversations with people who choose another product or service. Uh, either say, look, you're not right for us. They say the timing's not right, or they choose something else. Oh. And I think that is the time when you can be the most professional. By, by here's what I would do: is uh, do you know what? Thank you so much for telling me. That why this isn't right for you because I've learned something there mm. and that's great feedback um, and, and here's a point when you lose when a customer's if they haven't told you it's wrong they just said look we're not going with you we're going with a competitor mm. how about this uh, fantastic thank you for telling me um, would you mind if I have a few minutes of your time but for, for the investment I gave you know maybe you've had lots of phone calls with them or meetings whatever right I want to have a phone call <laughs> And I say to them, I'm not going to try and change your mind. All I would simply like to do is have a few moments of your time for you to give me some value of, uh, for me to learn from. Is that okay? And, and nearly all of them say yes, great. And then you ask them, say, you know, I respect the fact that we either we did something wrong here or our product has something or, or service has something that didn't meet your needs. Mm. Would you be kind enough to walk me through what we could have done differently, either by the product or our approach or engagement with you, so that we could learn from that and perhaps improve for next time in a future customer engagement. Awesome. And they'll tell you, 
and get you will get so much value. It might be well, we didn't like the way you you, you engage with us on this, or actually, yeah, but the competitors did a much better deal with this because what they did mm. instead of just coming and presenting to us, they they suggested a proof of concept and they came in and set it up and made it whatever it is. You're going to learn something you didn't know by not mm. asking, and mm. you get more engagement with them. And that customer now thinks of you even more professionally because you say, I care about what we got wrong. And at the end, you thank them. Thank you for being so genuine with us and giving me that feedback. And if there's any opportunity in the future where we might engage, I would I would love it. I really enjoyed our engagement together. And I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. We thank you so much. You don't know that they've made the wrong decision, nor do they. You don't know that in three months time, something's might change. Yeah. And they might call you back, right? But even if they don't, you got value from losing. You mm. learned something. You, no, don't, you didn't lose. You didn't you, lose. You got you, feedback. Always, yeah, I think uh, failure, failure should be looked at as a as a feedback. I believe, right? I agree. Okay. So along your journey, uh, did you have someone affect you personally? Yeah, good, good and bad, I guess. Right. <laughs> So every, I think everyone you engage with um, and work, particularly people you work with and work for, will affect your opinion um, and and how you behave and affect. So I've seen the good where I've had really good colleagues and mentors who have coached me and have guided me into thinking about things differently. And I've had the bad where I've witnessed the bad behaviors of individuals and how they have treated people, et cetera. So, mm-hmm. and I think, I think both are valuable because by seeing the bad, you, you learn, yeah. by categorizing it that way, it will, it will, you learn from that and think, well, I'm not going to behave that way. I'm not going to be disrespectful for, for people. Yeah. And, and for example, for example, yeah. uh, in, in interviewing and in recruiting people, mm. I always try where possible to give good feedback to the individual that they can learn from, right? Because I've been the candidate where you've, yeah. not, you've not been selected for a role and mm. you don't know why. You don't know why. You, can, you can't learn from it. You just know, yeah, we, we chose yeah. another candidate. I give feedback to them, look, mm. I think I've got a stronger candidate. And the reasons being, I don't think in the interview... And I'm going to be very transparent with you and give you my opinion, which you have every right to disagree with. But in doing so, I would hope it may give you some insight that you might learn from so that in future interviews, you can be stronger. Mm. Um, and I'd like to, you know, would you like the feedback? Yeah, yeah. And I'll, you know, I may say to them, I, you didn't, you let yourself down when we were going through this part of the interview process, because your questions were very formulaic and, you didn't probe us. You didn't push us enough on why and how are we doing this, and you didn't challenge us that another can- other candidates did. They really asked us far deeper questions, and it gave us more confidence in how they would behave in front of customers. Blah 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 blah. Mm. And I've had people come back to me afterwards say, "Thank you so much for the feedback because no one mm. else has taken the trouble." Yeah, nobody. Time in- they've invested time in the interview, right, or coming to meet you for an interview. Um. So there's things like that, right, that I have learned through how I have been treated. I realized I wanted more info. I didn't get anything from this. And yet I traveled to your interview three times and I put all this effort in. And all I do is feel negative at the end. Of, mm. I've put all this effort in. I've got nothing. 
wouldn't it be nice if they at least made you feel good, said you were a fantastic candidate? And and by the way, if you need me as a reference to any other interview, because I thought you were fantastic, it's just someone else was just a bit better and I've hired them and they were. But any way I can help you in, in your next job role. And people are so grateful. No one else has said that to me and they remember yeah. you in a positive way. Who knows, right, that in the future our paths may cross again and they'll remember me in a positive light or they may refer a customer to me. Or, or another, they might know another salesperson three years down the line who's looking for a job and say, mm. go and speak to this guy because I was, I really thought I would yeah. love to. I actually love this one. I actually love this one because none, I think, I believe none of the companies, whether you apply online or you go, you go in person, they tell you why they rejected you. They tell you, you are not a fit. Yeah. But I believe they should tell the person because maybe he can improve on it. They should exactly. tell him I mean, because he will keep interviewing 20 companies and will never get tired because no one is telling him what's wrong from their exactly. perspective. That's yeah. exactly my opinion. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. They, they think it's, 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 it's something that it's a monopoly on them that they shouldn't tell the person. You cannot know the reason. Uh, this it's, is constructive, it's constructive feedback, right? Yeah, it's, exactly. Even down, even down to their CV not being a lot, this is what I've picked a few people up on and told them, is it's your CV and your LinkedIn have different dates on them. They're not, other people are going to spot that. You need to correct this or there's this spelling mistake, a majorly one here. And I've told people, said, look, I hope you don't mind. And they've got, oh, I never spotted that. And now I've just helped them be better for the next one. They're, you know, they've invested time in, in, in applying to your company and showing interest. Be respectful in return. So let me ask you what one takeaway listeners should take from this episode. Sure, I, I, that's, a, that's one takeaway, crikey. Um, <laughs> I think I think what, what would be the one thing that carries me through and helps me? I think I'm going to go for be resilient no matter what. Be positive mm. no matter what. Right? Because I... I and always be, no. Do you know what I'm going to change it? Apologies. Okay. Always be learning. Always be learning, mm. because that's one that I get. I get people who I interview, and I've interviewed for who think that because you're in a senior position or you've done it for years, you know it all. Like I don't know it all. I I've got a lot of experience of situations because I've been through more of them. But if I hire a young salesperson, and I've got two at the moment that I've just recruited, and they will learn things from me and I can give them value and mentoring and, and how to do things. But guess what? They are coming up. I've created a, a culture when I work where come up with ideas and you, you can absolutely. And they're coming up with ideas and suggesting things. And some of them are ones where I'm looking at it and going, that's a really good idea. Just because I, I, I didn't think of it. They did. That's a really good idea. Maybe we could tune it and do this. Mm. Fantastic. Because they've got a different journey they've been on they've got a different context a different information base they think differently therefore they will come up with if you go in a room with a whiteboard and say come up with 50 ideas how to do something people will come up with different ideas don't expect the leader by definition of their role or job title to come up with all the best ones mm, exactly They'll always be learning from people around you i've got books here i'm still reading um if i read a sales book do I expect to read all of it and have an epiphany of, oh, my gosh, I didn't know any of that? No. But what I'm looking for is 
in that sales book, if I find two little nuggets of new things I didn't know or hadn't thought of, mm. I've just got better. I've got yeah. better. Exactly. This is what people should do. They should improve every day and every level. They should learn, get the knowledge, and apply it and make action. <laughs> right? So where can yeah where can people uh, get in touch with you Ian? Sure, fine, thank you. And and that this this will also be I guess another personal branding hack tip. Uh, you, can <laughs> find, you, you can find me at uh, ianmoist.co.uk and ianmoist.cloud. So those two web URLs uh, point you straight to my LinkedIn and Twitter profile. Mm, cool. So I've just, I've just personally branded rather than say to you go onto LinkedIn and search for Ian Moist. Now, my name's pretty identifiable, but if your name was Paul Smith, for example, and I said, go on to LinkedIn and look for Paul Smith, you're going to find 10,000 of them <laughs> and not know which one's me, right? Or I'm going to yeah. say, look for look for Paul Smith and put cloud after it, and then look for the one that works at 1UpSale. It doesn't work, right? So all I do is say, you know, go to, go to www.ianmoist.co.uk or ianmoist.cloud, and you are straight there, guaranteed, and it's simple. Awesome. Great idea. This is a, a powerful personal branding idea. <laughs> I was uh, I was like, wow, awesome. Great idea. <laughs> it's easy to do and it's cheap. It's cheap. Yeah, unless, yeah. Unless, unless your name's, uh, you know, Kim Kardashian, unfortunately, <laughs> then, then good luck buying the URL. But it, it, unless, <laughs> most most cases, go and get the URL now before someone else gets it. Like There are other Ian Moises who are, are, are in the tech sector, the same as me, weirdly. Um, but I've got those URLs, you know, going, but I've bought them for my children as well, by the way, so mm. that, you know, in years to come, I've already got their name URL in case someone else buys it. it wow, really? Yeah, they're so cheap. So I've got wow. them mm. so that when, when at some point they, they, they want to get into the workplace, I can do the same for them and it costs not, virtually nothing. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Thank you, Ian, for being here today with the Success Grid podcast. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of Success Grid. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you found value in the show, rate and leave a review on iTunes. For more resources, visit successgrid.net. Until next time.